This is EIG Community Connection with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Hello, friends, and welcome to the EIG Community Connection. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. We bring you this radio show in an effort to draw attention to and highlight people and organizations who are doing great things in our community. And we hope that this will inspire you to find a place where you can do great things in the community as well. How many of you have heard people say, leaders are readers? Or, reading is to the mind what exercise is to the body? How about, a book is a window to the world? On today's show, we're going to share why these old adages are true and how best to nurture the love of reading for a child. Now, I still tell my kids that leaders are readers all the time, hoping to encourage their reading habits. And actually, I, I never really liked to read myself as a kid. I much preferred getting outside and running around and playing. And my parents were both avid readers, so you'd think that that would have rubbed off on me. But they never read to me. And in college, you spend a lot of time reading and studying and then reading some more. So I never really enjoyed reading or considered it a hobby until I was out of college. Now I love to read and I think, oh my gosh, how many more books could I have read if I learned to love reading at an early age? We all know how important reading is because it's a major part of the learning process. But when is the best time and how is the best way to nurture that? My first guests today are Christina Krogan, VP of Development and Communications of Nextdoor Foundation, and Martina Stevens, the Volunteer Coordinator from Nextdoor. Welcome to the show, Christina and Martina. Thanks, Jill. Thanks for having us today. Absolutely. So let's start with you, Christina. Tell us about Nextdoor and what was it that made you want to partner with them? Sure. Uh, when I took a look uh, at Nextdoor, I was exploring opportunities for myself in my life. Um, I've spent my career uh, in Milwaukee. I've spent my career in nonprofit organizations, really wanting to um, have my work make a difference. And um, an opportunity arose uh, at Nextdoor, and I wanted to look more into what the organization did. And I remember going to the website, and uh, on the front page, here's this this little girl staring at me with these big, beautiful brown eyes. Uh-oh. And I thought, that was it. It's that all was done. it. It really was. Um, <laughs> it's all over. I'm right there. <laughs> yes, it was, it was wonderful. Um, and then when I looked further into what it was that um, Nextdoor did, I was really impressed. One of the things that really gets me uh, excited is learning about or exploring root cause. And, um, you know, I've read all, all the different books and social economists and things like that. And when I read further about what Nextdoor does, um, I realized that that is really um, how we do our work. So um, what we do uh, essentially is making sure that all children have a strong start to life. And um, we do that through uh, early childhood education and partnering with families that those are two very important pieces of, of the puzzle. And so um, we work in Milwaukee. We serve over 2,000 children in Milwaukee. And um, it's really a focus on um, helping children and families that are living in poverty uh, find a different way um, through education. And so uh, that just learning more and more about that, I'd say uh, over this past year, it has been fascinating, um, both the why we do what we do and the how we do what we do. 
Um, and, and it's been very inspiring to me uh, as uh, both personally and professionally. That's great. That's wonderful. So you're, you're not only working with the children, but you're working with the parents as well, right? Absolutely. Um, of course, you know, a, a child can come to next door to one of our classrooms and be here for, you know, six hours, eight hours a, a day, but then you go home. And so that's your real life when you go home. And so it's really important for us to have a connection with families and to partner with them essentially uh, to make sure that we understand uh, the space that they're living in at that point in time and um, the issues that they uh, have and um, their aspirations as well as a family. And so uh, we have a team of people that work with every family uh, alongside their child to help to help um, create uh, more opportunities for them. Mm, great. Now we talk about early childhood education. Um, the organization is choosing to focus on that, um, in a particular for children living in poverty. Can you elaborate on that? Sure, absolutely. Uh, so Nextdoor has been around for around 50 years and has had uh, you know various efforts uh, that have taken place over that time period. Uh, but we now focus really on early childhood education. And the reason for that is um, there's growing research and growing importance or awareness of the importance of that time frame. So 85% of uh, the brain is developed in the first three years of life. So when people say that brains are like sponges, it, it really is. Uh, and so really having positive uh, interactions during those first three years of life are extremely important. And there's some really easy ways that, you know, you can go ahead and do that with your child, um, talking with your child, singing to your child, reading to your child. Um, and so we really want to be able to provide that to our children, but then also um, help uh, parents understand uh, how they can do that as as well at home. And so uh, that's very important. Um, and then uh, really looping in uh, trauma-informed care and how that all plays a role in um, what happens in a child's life and what their success is going to be in school uh, later on. And uh, research is showing that if you don't have that interaction uh, that early childhood education, a child could enter kindergarten up to 18 months behind mm. um, their peers. And so imagine starting kindergarten and already being a year and a half right. behind. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Well, I, uh, we understand uh, strategy is important. Uh, Martina, we're going to have you uh, jump in here. Um, how do you do what you do? You know, we understand that there are four core areas that mm -hmm. next door focuses on. Can you elaborate on that a little bit for us? Sure. Well, um, one of the things that really attracted me to next door, um, as far as um, having getting my career um, at at next door, was the fact that um, you know they they really use research. Everything is research based on what's good for children, especially that early brain development. And so um, I always knew I wanted a career in early childhood education. So throughout the years, I did um, more and more reading and took more and more classes. And when I read what Nextdoor was doing, I said, I, that's what I want to be a you part of. You want to jump in on that, right? Yes, yeah, I want to be absolutely. a part of what they're doing there. Um, Christina mentioned interact, interacting with children. And, you know, we do that through low teacher-child ratios. Okay. Um, so that way there is a lot of um, small group activity. So um, children are getting that attention um, that they need from their teacher. Um, everything is hands on, you know, children learn through play. And so um, just having all of the activities out uh, for the children so that things are uh, hands on learning. 
Um, and also we, we emphasize academics, but also social emotional. Um, you know, we want children to feel good about themselves because we know that when we feel good about ourselves, we're, we're able to learn. Our brains are able to absorb things when we're feeling confident and when, when we're feeling safe. And so um, that's why we really emphasize uh, social emotional development as well. Um, in the classroom. Um, another thing that is really important is that um, there, there's always great research and we want to make sure our teachers and our staff are just up to date on, on everything um, that's out there. And so we, we use uh, professional development uh, with our teaching staff. Okay. Um, we make sure that uh, they're learning from the best. It's ongoing. Um, some of that professional development happens right in the classroom through coaching. So they have uh, professionals um, who also um, have a background in early childhood education and they short sort of shadow the teachers and say, hey, you know, what you did with that child was really good, high quality practice. Or, hey, you're, you're really doing some great things. Let's tweak it a little bit, you know. And so that coaching, that one-on-one coaching is, is so important to, again, what happens in the classroom with the teachers um, and the children. And then we also um, make sure that the family is involved. The parental um, involvement. You know, yes. That's, yeah, they say kids are made readers on the laps of their parents, right? Yes, and parents are the first teachers. <laughs> yeah. And so it's important for us to partner with with parents. Um, we wouldn't be able to do what we do without partnering with our parents. And, you know, parents come in at all different stages in their lives. And so um, we have family advocates that, that work with them. Our family advocates are trained social workers. And okay. so they, they meet them where they're at. They meet the families where they're at and they set goals with the families. You know, the teachers set goals with the children and our family advocates set goals with the families so that they're growing together. Um, and then uh, mm-hmm. the fourth, uh, we were talking about the four core areas you had mentioned, uh, the previous three, and then data utilization. Yes. Quickly, what uh, what is that about? It's, it's very important that we use data to drive our practice. Okay. And we use data to show, hey, yes, we are making gains. Um, we, we have people that come in and assess not only our classroom environment and our children, but everything that we're doing so that we can show that we are making a difference. Mm. And if I may, um, we're a part of a national research study as well um, that really shows that there's um, results that come out of high-quality um, early childhood education. So it's um, better parent-child bonds, better academic results, and better readiness for school. Great. Um, well, so many of our nonprofit guests say that they couldn't do what they do without the help of their volunteers. Last year, Next Door Foundation had around 2,000 volunteers log more than 7,000 hours of service. That's fantastic. Stay tuned to learn about some fun ways that you can make a difference in the life of a young child. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG Community Connection with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm Jill Economo, and I am sitting here talking with Christina Krogan and Martina Stevens from Next Door Foundation. So we said before the break that 2,000 volunteers have helped out next door with over 7,000 hours of service. That, that's really wonderful. That's something to, uh, to talk about and bring attention to. There must be a number of different things that our listeners uh, who are interested in volunteering that they can do. Can you share uh, what some of those things are? 
Sure, um, I can do that. Our volunteers um, come from everywhere, all walks of life. We have volunteers that come from different corporations. We have uh, college students, high school students, middle school students, um, people from the community, people who are retired. And so um, we have lots of opportunities for anyone to um, help support our mission. One of the goals is um, we want to make sure that the children we serve and other children in Milwaukee have access to books. We want them to have books in their home because we know children who grow up with books are more likely to be successful in school and love to read. And books, not Kindles and, you know, Real not books. getting online. I mean, there's just something about the smell of a book, you know, and you can't. You can't get that, I think, when you're uh, reading from a Kindle or reading online, you know, to get them young. Although I'm amazed mm-hmm. at how many young kids know how to operate a phone yes, or, you know, you go someplace in an airport and a young, young child is occupied on a tablet or a phone instead of having an actual book in their hands, which yes. is kind of sad. But Well, I'll mention in particular, too, um, that board books are important for children who are in those younger ages. Um, it's it's part of their motor skill development as well as, you know, learning words and understanding that pictures associate with words and letters and, you know, all those sorts of things. So there's more of a tactile issue with it as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So books, people can donate books. People can donate okay. books and we take books in any condition. Um, children's books. One of the volunteer opportunities we have is actually going through all of our donated books and just giving them some TLC and getting them in as like new condition as possible before we give them to children. And one of the ways our children receive books is through our Read With Me program. And that's where, um, again, our volunteers play a big role. We want to um, have children um, have an opportunity to read one-on-one with an adult. Um, it's, it's very special. Like you said, you you know, yeah. they learn to love to read by sitting on an adult's lap to yeah. read. And and so our children that we serve come to our uh, giving library and we match them with a volunteer and they read one on one, you know. And that's an, that's something that an organization can do as well. Right. Um, I'm uh, an ambassador with the Waukesha County Business Alliance. And I was at a meeting where a gentleman said that his organization came in and and mm-hmm. it was like the whole department that came in yeah. and offered to uh, read with the kids. I mean, that's a for you organizations that are looking for some kind of team building Mm-hmm. Uh, project that might that be something that yes yes okay. we love it when when groups come in um so when they, they get away from the office and they come and they sit on the floor with their suits on or whatever they're wearing and yeah, they yeah. um read to our preschoolers and it's just uh, it's a special time for everyone so in your organization it's mostly um uh very young up until kindergarten correct Absolutely. that Easter. that's the group that Birth okay to five Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And then you have a walk coming up on May 19th, correct? Mm -hmm. What's that about? Absolutely. Yeah. This will be our 29th year of our walk for children. Um, And essentially, this is an opportunity to bring people uh, to next door. So uh, we lead a one mile walk around the community. And uh, this year it will be led by Green Bay Packer defensive end Mike Daniels. So opportunity to meet him, maybe get a picture. Um, And uh, we partner with a lot of corporations in the area and then individuals as well. So uh, Harley Davidson has been a sponsor for since the beginning of 
of uh, of the Walk for Children. They've been our presenting sponsor. Do they give uh, motorcycle rides to the young kids? They don't do motorcycle <laughs> rides, but they have trike races. So they have oh, little tricycles okay. and they do trike races. So it's very cute. More kid focused. Okay. Um, and then we have uh, a lot of activities besides just the walk. So this year we've been able to partner with a lot of outside organizations um, so, uh, the Milwaukee Public Museum will be there with their Museum on the Move program. Discovery World, uh, Cool's Design It Lab will be there. Uh, Betty Brin will be there. Children's Hospital is going to be doing some bike safety. Medical College of Wisconsin is going to be there doing some health screenings. Um, we've got, uh, live, we have DJ music. We've got, um, games that people will be able to see our gardens. We have gardens on our campus, uh, that children can learn, um, from and, um, just you know, games, food, lots of activities going wow. on. Wow, lots going on. That's fantastic. So um, if you're uh, a listener that is uh, has a love of reading or you have uh, an abundance of books that you're looking for a home for, mm-hmm. um, lots of different ways that you could work with Nextdoor Foundation and give of your time, your talents, or your resources. Um, before we let you go, though, we would like to make sure the listeners know how they can contact you. Mm-hmm. Facebook page, uh, Twitter Absolutely. feed. Absolutely. So uh, you can find us uh, on the web or at nextdoormke.org. Again, that's nextdoormke.org. And then we are on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. So if you do a search for Nextdoor Milwaukee, you're going to find us there. Um, So just follow us. Our Walk for Children, um, we actually have an event, you know, on Facebook. So you can follow that. There's more updated postings there. Uh, And then if you're interested in volunteering, probably the easiest way to do it to get more information would be to get in touch with Martina. And um, the number for that would be 414-562-2929. That's going to get you there. And one more time. 414-562-2929. Awesome. Well, thank you again for doing what you do, Christina and Martina. Uh, Thank you for being here to share the mission of Nextdoor Foundation. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. Theodore Zoyce Gazelle was an American author, cartoonist, poet, animator, and artist, best known for authoring more than 60 children's books. His work includes several of the most popular children's books of all times, selling over 600 million copies and being translated into more than 20 languages by the time of his death. Who is this famous author? We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back for the answer. You're listening to EIG Community Connection with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to the EIG Community Connection. I'm Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. So before the break, I asked you, who is the famous writer who authored more than 60 children's books and sold over 600 million copies. Theodore Zoyce Gazelle used his middle name as his pen name. Zoyce, as pronounced by the family, was his mother's maiden name, was actually pronounced Seuss by everyone else outside the family. He wrote his famous books under the name Dr. Seuss. Interesting. I'm so thrilled to introduce to you my next guests who are local children's book authors. A big warm welcome to my good friends Kimberly Eisendroth and Christelle Vermeulen. Well, 
Welcome to the show, girls. Thank you so much. Such an honor to be here. Awesome. Well, no need for a nom de plume or a pen name for these ladies. I want everyone to know their names and more importantly, the names of their wonderful books that they authored. So let's get right to it. Kimberly, let's start with you, my friend. I know how wonderful and talented you are, but share with our listeners how this great book came about. Well, wonderful. First and foremost, I am so blessed to be a part of this program. Jill, knowing you for years, I'd also like to bring to attention that you also lead a Bible study that is sponsored by Ellen Becker in the beautiful Education Center. So I would encourage other listeners to reach out and find out about all those great programs that Ellen Becker has to offer. Well, thank you very much. That's sweet. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. So my story is one of faith growth, and obstacles. So being raised Christian in a Christian marriage and also raising two wonderful daughters, now 13 and 24, Mm -hmm. we know how quick that time goes by. Oh, yes, we do. We know how we all have seasons in our lives. And for me, truly, the seasons of my life in my family, being a spouse and being a parent, opened my eyes to something that actually we discussed in Bible study which was you go through life in routines and we all get caught up in everything. So as you look to life, you're looking to whatever your faith is. And for me, it was religion. Always had a a heart for the Lord. But what happened for me is as I grew in my seasons of life with my family, I was open to this beautiful relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And really, my book represents something that's a relationship with God and my family. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, um, my book was going to be replacing Elf on the Shelf when it came out. Okay. So I wanted an angel version of that. Well, we all know God has a true sense of humor. (laughs) So it took many years of shelving and shelving the book and many rejections some people closest to me, not really understanding where I was going with this. All but in good timing, though, right? Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. right. And the funny part was I didn't know where it was going either, so that's the sense of humor. <laughs> but <part>. God did. <laughs> yeah. But God most certainly did. And what it evolved into was a story of faith fundamentals with creation, the importance of people in our lives, what Christmas and Easter truly mean, and the importance of prayer and fruits of the Spirit. When I was telling my um, pastor about our um, my book when it was just being published over a year ago, he said, I think you had the Holy Spirit sideswipe. I, like, yeah, I think I most certainly did because I didn't see this coming at all. So to have this beautiful story, to have worked on it with my daughters, to share it with many different groups, which we'll be talking about some more, it has been such a blessing that I could have never possibly imagined because here I was living my plan for life. I've been in IT project management for many years, very blessed to be a part of the Aurora Advocate organization. And where this has taken me has just been such, such a blessing. So I'm so happy to share it with Many. And I remember uh, in Bible study years ago when you had talked about it and we do something called Yay God. We have Yay God moments and we were talking about just different things happening with the different participants and you had talked about how it was uh, an idea and how the whole thing was taking longer than you thought. You didn't know if it was going to go anywhere, but again, we uh, we just uh, live in obedience and, and God has a plan. So that's, that's so cool. Christelle... 
I just love your name and your husband, Christo. They just, you know, have the root of both of those names is so wonderful. So we're going to let you tell us in your beautiful South African accent how your ideas came alive and your awesome book. Okay, thank you so much. Um, Jill, yes, I love to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity. And um, I'm just happy to be here with Kim. And her beautiful book is called Always Angel. Um, and you really want to um, you know, keep a lookout for that one. Um, yes, yeah, so you know that I, you just mentioned I'm from South Africa. I grew up on a farm, um, raised and born, you know, there. And uh, we came to the United States about 15 years ago. My husband was recruited by a company here, so it was work-related. My background is um, in clinical psychology. I have a master's degree in clinical psychology. But coming here, um, uh, there was certain, um, you know, limitations to my visa, and so I was not able to work uh, for quite a long time. And just loving people and wanting to help people really frustrated me because I couldn't do it in a formal way. And so I looked around trying to find a way to volunteer and uh, fell in love with the work uh, of Compassion International. Uh, they are a child relief organization. They work with the world's uh, poorest uh, kids. And um, I became an advocate for them. And so my desire to write this book came actually from my advocacy with compassion. Uh, I wanted to be a mom that's intentional in fostering compassion in my own kids. For me, um, compassion, the, the, the definition of compassion is uh, I don't just see something like with sympathy and I'm like, oh, that's horrible. Compassion is as empathy with work boots on. Mm -hmm. It says, I see something is not right. It hurts me it, to see this, but I take action. And um, I was noticing that we spend, you know, enormous amounts of money and time and energy in equipping our uh, kids and in making them comp competent to, you know, to live in this world. Uh, we spend time on their intellectual stimulation and going to great schools and all of that. But I wanted to spend equally uh, amount of time and intentionality in helping them to become compassionate individuals, to see that their gifts that they have is not just for themselves, but it's meant to make a difference in the world. And then also to tell people about the work of compassion, um, because as an advocate, I have certain, you know, moments where I can share it. But I think with books and my love for literature, as you know, ever since I was a little girl and reading a real bookworm, um, that that's such a special time to share with my kids. And kids have the ability to just, you know, become part of the story. And so to tell them um, in a story form, um, how their little hands can make a difference is where the passion of this story came from. Mm. And um, yeah, so that's that's where the story came from. We talked before in the in the previous session that um, children are made readers on the laps of their parents. Mm. And uh, it's it's so important. We also talked about how young kids nowadays, you can go into an airport and you see them on like an iPad playing a game or uh, uh, on a Kindle reading. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're very young, you know, mm -hmm. and they talked about uh, the Next Door Foundation talked about how important it is to get them when they're young. I know when my children uh, were very small, I read them a book called The Land of Far Beyond. I don't even know if it's in publication anymore, but it was a fantastic 
classic Christian book, Christian values. And there really weren't any pictures. There were sketches every once in a while, but they sat at my feet as I read them these short chapters. And they will tell you to this day how much an impact that book had on them and how they remember it. So we know how important it is to read to kids at a young age. And if you're going to read to a child anyway, why not read to them something that has some eternal value? Right. I mean, it's it's important. Yeah. I mean, it's so important to get them not only to to go through the process of reading to your children, but making sure that you're reading them the right Mm. stuff. Right. And and those are really memories they're going to remember forever. I heard recently someone say that the true spelling of love is Mm. time. Mm. T.I.M.E. Taking that time with Mm. your children, taking that time with other people, taking that time with our um, parents and others. So really that's where the memories are created and what everyone's remembering as we go through life or looking back and reflecting on. Absolutely. And you think about, okay, our kids have to read for school, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they have to, my kids anyway, had to put in a certain number of minutes, Mm -hmm. um, to read. And so why not sit with them, read to them, have them read to you, do prayers at night, do devotions at night. Uh, You're going to read to them anyway, you know, Mm -hmm. so you may as well read something of substance and something really good. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, but before we do, I have a question for you. What top-selling book is available all over the world and translated in the most languages? We'll be right back in a moment to find out. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG Community Connection with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to the EIG Community Connection. I'm Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach for Ellen Becker Investment Group, and I'm sitting here with my gal pals, Kimberly and Christelle. Uh, before the break, we talked about a top-selling book that is available all over the world and is translated into more languages than any other book. Anybody care to have a guess on that one, what that is? Drum roll, please. It is the B-I-B-L-E, the Bible. Yay! Yeah, that's that's the book for me. It's the Bible. So speaking of top-selling books, what category of books are increasing consistently and strong over the past recent years? Kimberly, can you speak to that? Most definitely. It is children's book and books specifically on religion, nonfiction and fiction have seen in overall consistency and growth in the recent years. Cool. Okay. Um, I think something that I feel there's still a lack of is for books, uh, you know, with diversity, Um, especially, you know, because we're talking about children's picture books. I think there is still a need for books to be translated in more languages um, that can can reach, you know, kids all over different social, socioeconomic um, areas. Um, Sometimes kids just don't have access to books. Um, one of the things that uh, Little Hands Helping is really um, speaking toward and the dream behind all of that is to make our kids aware that not everybody lives um, with the same privileges. Um, we want our kids to grow up knowing that there is a world that is quite different from the one that they might be waking up in every morning. Um, just a few statistics about um, extreme poverty in the world. 
there is still about 700 million people, which is a ninth, 9.6% uh, of the world population that live on less than $1.90 a day. Wow. Um, Isn't that something? Yes. That's, that's amazing. Just a basic thing that we take for granted, um, like clean drinking water and having access. There are still 2 billion people that do not have access to clean drinking water. And so part of raising the next generation of advocates, kids that wake up and see... Um, well, not everybody in the world might have that, is to make um, them aware. So it all starts with becoming aware. Uh, and the, and I think a great way of doing that is to have books that tell these stories, to say there are kids that grow up in the morning and they might not have a family that looks like yours or they don't have clean drinking water. They don't have access to um, education because it takes them the whole day to carry buckets of water from the closest st stream that they have. Um, and so that is, you know, something that I think we can really do better as, you know, as a society to to make our kids aware. Absolutely. And Christelle, your storyline and your images and your book are so absolutely beautiful and support that. Whereas mine is a little different because as we were creating the Always Angel book, it's in black and white. So it's a stained glass inspired coloring book. And this is before coloring books were cool again and thera therapeutic. Yeah, there's uh, all that stuff out there now about yes. doodling. And, yeah, yeah. That's why it's very forward thinking. Yeah. Thank you, God. Yeah. <laughs> yay, God. Yay, God. So our, we don't have that beauty and color that you have in your images. It's just basically a fresh slate for any, any race, any age to create their own masterpieces, to take color to it and make it their own. So as my story is told by an angel of basic faith fundamentals, in the end, it's really encouraging whomever's reading mm -hmm. it to create an angel or something that to them will really showcase that and reinforce that God is always with them. Mm -hmm. I love that. Oh, thank you so much. It, oh, it's yeah. a blessing hearing these stories of our books are going out all around the world on mission trips and with nonprofits to um, homes, but also as reinforcing what you said, Chriselle, to villages, to areas that are desolate, to hospitals, mm. to orphanages. And the stories we're hearing, I, I know you and I both have shared this, Chriselle, in the past for Little Helping Hands and for Always Angel. The, the hope and the love that is shared through these books, and it's inspiring a pay-it-forward mentality. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Is, that is exactly where we want to go because we don't want – I don't want my kids to grow up thinking – that um, you know, entitled to think, oh yes, more and more and more, and I just need this new gadget and this new thing will make me happy. I want them to live open-handed and to realize that if we are blessed to have more, then that's a trust. It is not just to have a nice, cushy little life for ourselves. It is a trust to make something and to make a difference in the world. And so, um, little hands helping, all the proceeds of that go to Compassion, goes to Compassion International to their unsponsored child. Uh, fund because I wanted the book to have a double um, almost like two sides of a coin where somebody who can afford to buy a book can bless somebody across the world that cannot afford a book by being included in a child sponsorship program um, and that makes me happy that it's like that um, 
to know that we don't have to just accept that there are still things in this world that is broken and we are not going to sit back and say, oh, well, this is horrible. Let's all cry about it. But instead to say, what is wrong and what can we do and where can I start? Um, And to just do it, not just to wait. And main thing is to empower our kids because little kids are amazing, amazingly gifted and passionate and enthusiastic. We just need to give them opportunities to do this. And so... In Little Hands Helping, we just we are not just talking about the kid living in a third world country. We are talking about equipping them to make a difference wherever they're at. Is it in their home? If there's something that needs to be done, I see my mom needs help, then help. Is it a friend that's lonely at school? Then be the child that makes a difference and invite someone to lunch. Is it to be involved in a fundraiser for something you're passionate about and save the dolphins? Then go for it. Because just as you said, you know, Kim God has made us all different and we have different gifts. We are not supposed to be little copycats of each other. Um, But then just do it. Use it for more than just, you know, my own little bubble um, and to make a difference in his world. Yeah. And again, that's that's really why we do this show. You know, there are so many fantastic people out there that are doing fantastic things through nonprofit work, um, just out in the community. And we really want to spotlight them and just make our listeners aware of all the great things that are available and how you can have an impact and how you can make a difference because we all can. Mm -hmm. We just need to open our eyes, see what's around Mm -hmm. us and say, you know, link ourselves with something that we can be passionate about and come alongside an organization and help them help others and, and, for us to help ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's reiterate some things here. We we know that the children's book market is growing, uh, as Kimberly said. We know that religion is another area that's growing and that diversity is important. So can each of you, Kimberly and Christelle, elaborate on how do all these things come together in your books? Well, we're definitely for Always Angel as well as um, helping our little hands helping, um, we truly reinforce that diversity is beautiful and that you want to be reaching out within your community. So we were just mm-hmm. talking about compassion and how wonderful to pick up little helping hands mm-hmm. and be able to support compassion. A lot of us are familiar with that, and I know I've also contributed to it in the past, but you have such great international organizations. Crystal mm-hmm. and I were talking about this earlier Um but there's also some really fantastic, wonderful or local organizations. Yes, yep, and yep. what Christelle and I also were sharing is the diversity that we'd like to reinforce. Mm-hmm. So for me, for my book, for Always Angel, it's translated in English and Spanish, but we're also looking to French and hopefully Mandarin next. Wow. So to be able That's to great. reach a yeah. broader audience with language mm-hmm. and that being shared is so important. For Always Angel, um, we are reaching out to different mission trips and um, nonprofits all over. So we've been very fortunate so far to have been in Mexico with Living Hope International, which I'll definitely share a little bit more about that because we have an event coming up that will the proceeds will go to that organization. Okay. We've been to Africa. The next trip that um, Souls for Jesus is going on, there'll be books going with them. Go Mad, um, World Gospel. 
There's so many great organizations. So I'm really just throwing those out because those are just Mm. such a small portion. There are so many great organizations worldwide and locally that we can all, as Mm. adults, and encouraging our children to reach out and just volunteer. Try Mm. something new. Absolutely. And we have another gal that... um, uh, was in our Bible study that was going on a missions trip and to Honduras the first time, Carol Nelson. And uh, we all wanted to help in some way. And Carol said, uh, you know, I'm going to a Spanish-speaking village, and so why don't I take some of your books? And that's kind of how that whole thing launched. And now, you know, again, it's just amazing what God can do. He can just take this this idea and just transform it into something beyond our wildest dreams. And so now it's going to be transformed translated into French and Mandarin. Oh my goodness. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So yeah, there are so many, it's so many ways that, um, that, that people can be affected. And I have both books and I have to say they are, I mean, you guys got to go find these. We're going to share how you can, where you can go to find these at the end of the segment, but, um, always angel and little hands helping. They're just wonderful. And, uh, Christelle, you had talked about, uh, when, when we first met actually, um, through your husband, um, he had told me about you and I said, I got to meet this gal. I got to meet this gal. And I'm so blessed to, to call you my friend. And, uh, you had shared about the, the woman that, or the, actually the young girl yes. that is the, yes, the, the illustrator. illustrator. Yes. So, um, share that with us again, talking yes. about just um, reaching out to the community and. Well, I think, um, the thing that I just wanted to just quickly go back to, you know, volunteering and, and I think sometimes we make it so complicated. We are all pressed for time. So people think, oh, another thing on my plate that I have to do. And now my kid wants a lemonade stand. Thank you very much. You know, <laughs> that's the last thing we need. Um, but it doesn't have to be complicated. It simply starts with the question, what needs to be done mm, and to absolutely. do it? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be complicated. But the more we expose our kids and they see it's serving as part of our lives, that will foster it in their lives as well. Absolutely. Yes, so I'm super excited to tell you about Leah German. She is an amazing, amazing, um, talented illustrator um, as part of Little Hands Helping and to kind of emphasize the the idea that, you know, we are differently gifted. That is how it is. Um, I want it and that you you do not have to wait till you are 40 to make a difference in the world. You can be young. Uh, I wanted to find someone that could illustrate the book. That is a young person with little hands, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so um, just by the grace of God, found this amazing, she was 15 at the time, uh, when we started the project, who illustrated um, our book, and um, yeah, you can if you go and see the you know the pictures and the illustrations, it is it looks like photos. It's she a work is of it is, is yeah, really, really there is not and one, it's your beautiful children. It is my yes. kids because I wanted to make it simple with copyright <laughs> 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 and how to do all of that. So I took pictures of our kids and Leah illustrated it. So that's awesome. Well, we we talk about. Um, you know, the, the idea of taking a book from idea or concept and, and getting it published, it really is not, uh, not to say that it's not easy, but there are some challenges and some obstacles. What advice would the two of you have for aspiring authors? Because you both have gone through some obstacles. Um, just, you know, quickly, can you give us some ideas on, on some advice? Well, it's truly filled with a lot of rejection. So life is full of obstacles. But when you're looking at the publishing industry, for me, my book didn't fit into the mold of the traditional or Christian publisher, but that's okay. 
but there is still a lot of obstacles around getting it published. So for me, my illustrator took sketches that I had done and brought some consistency to them. So Julio, Julio Gatan was my illustrator that brought some consistency to my pictures. And actually, when when we were going through the process, it's just so beautiful to have that relationship with a young mm -hmm. person because mm -hmm. actually I found him at Mayad. So please reach out to your local artists and your local writers because they definitely mm -hmm. can um, help as well. Yes. Well, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, if you have a dream, go for it. Don't wait and sit around thinking, oh, this will never be good enough. Sometimes it's just persevering um, because if, uh, you know, if you have that dream in your heart, it doesn't mean it's it's not going to work out just because a few people didn't like it. Right, right. All in good timing. Mm -hmm. Well, we want to make sure that we give uh, the listeners some ideas on where they can get your information. Um, we know that it's available on Amazon. Any other things yes. that you want to say for getting getting their hands on it for always angel if you go to amazon it's always angel kimberly it'll come right up um so please seek out both of our books and yours as well christelle on yes. amazon as um, well. it is called little hands helping and there's also a website www.littlehandshelping.com um, and i would also like to challenge the listeners um there are three things that i need you to do is buy a book because all proceeds go to compassion internationals unsponsored children's fund um, go out today and see what needs to be done and then do it. And then the last thing is if you wanted to sponsor a child through Compassion, you can do so at CompassionInternational.com. Awesome. And if I could just add, our website is alwaysangel.org. And we also have an event coming up where all the proceeds will be going to Living Hope International. So we're excited about that on May 18th. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, my gal pals. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, Kimberly Eisendroth, author of Always Angel, and Christelle Vermeulen, author of Little Hands Helping. If you'd like further information about the people or the organizations or the books that we talked about today, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us again in two weeks as we talk with other inspiring guests who will share information about how they're making a difference in our community. And as Christelle said, I really encourage you to think about some way that you can go out and bless someone today. Remember, be a blessing and give a blessing.